development. Let's talk uh, trending topics. Trending news right now. Nine minutes past four. Let's look at what's happened in social media. It is Monday, so we take a look at the past 72 hours. And joining us is Kukule Tusitlali, our social commentator. Welcome to the team. Uh, how are you, Kuku? Hi, Asanda. I'm good, thanks. And you? I'm good, thank you. How was the weekend? Uh, the weekend was lovely. I enjoyed more of my public holiday. The rest of the weekend, I had to look through assignments, unfortunately. Oh, Okay. You're writing as well in the middle of all of what's happening. Hey, people are busy. Right, right. It's so horrible. How was your weekend? It was great. It was good. I can't complain. I loved the weather. And I think even this morning we're going to have some good weather. So, yeah, we had had a good time. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk. Uh, We've got sports uh, today. Well, it was quite a busy one. I mean, in sporting. Let's start, first of all, uh, with Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time world champion who won his 100th race in Russia at the Russian okay. Grand Prix. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, this was significant. Um, but most importantly, we saw that he wasn't he wasn't leading in the first round. As it had started, he was in the seventh lap, um, or coming seventh place, rather. And at the end, toward the end, he became the winner of this. Um, particularly, I think the constraints of the weather were the biggest thing. And I think to be able to overcome that type of rain was just such an important part of it. But I think when we look at people like Lewis Hamilton, um, representation matters mm. um, for him to have had such a great um, sort of track record within his career and for him to be the, to be breaking such a world record, I think that becomes so particularly important. But I think because he's a person who tries to open up space, if we look at what he did at the Met Gala by having upcoming um, uh, 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 fashion icons um, coming to the table and buying a table for them, I think a, a win like this is particularly important for the entire community because he not only represents um, the people of color so well, but he also tries to open up space. I think this is a very important win for all of us. Yes, absolutely. And uh, second was Max Verstappen and then third, yes. Carlos Sainz. Yes. So, I mean, as you say, it's about representation. But when he was interviewed, he was also saying that it's taken a long time to get to this point. So it's also hard work that's gone into this and and patience and perseverance, as well as even humility that he didn't think he was going to win. uh, But he put it all out there in terms of his energy in in getting into this place. That that humility as well and perseverance speaks a lot to, uh, you know, uh, for somebody of his caliber. Yes. Um, I think you can see his humility speak out for himself at the Met Gala. Um, not a lot of people would pay um, so much money for a seat just to have other people. That should tell you everything about what he stands for and what he does with his opportunities that he's presented um, towards him. What do you think has contributed to that humility? Um, I don't know. I think one, I'm, I'm particularly... Um, very concerned and always will speak about lived experiences. So I think maybe as a person of color, particularly in that sport, his lived experiences have contributed to him being a person of humility and trying to make space. I could um, presume that the sports would be quite pricey, looking at um, the things that need to go into and particularly the practice. So I think um, being a person of color, even if there was some sort of privilege that existed in his life, would put him at a disadvantage in comparison to um, the white people that 
that exists. So I think he's just experiences one, but two, just understanding the plight of black people in his um, sort of um, positioning and country would be an important factor in understanding why it would be important to make space and open up space there. Mm. Absolutely. And as we say, it was a busy weekend for sports. There was also boxing with Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, the Ukrainian there, who won after 12 rounds, uh, Alexandra. And uh, he wants a rematch in February. I don't know how that's going to pan out. I guess we'll be following that. But let's also talk the hashtag Castle Rugby Championships, the Springbok losing narrowly to the All Blacks in the 100th rugby test match. Another number 100 uh, there <laughs> on, on Saturday. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think 100 has become significant mm. just in terms of sports. Um, but I think particularly with this um, instance, I think we can, one, highlight the fact that both captains are black, which becomes important just in terms of representation and what this means for the black community in entering spaces of sports because we've seen in the past that we've struggled to enter that space and just um, flourish in that space. But I think what becomes important is just the understanding of um, why rugby plays such a huge role, also um, coming up from the history that it's played in particularly apartheid for South Africa. Um, I think this sort of um, existence for them to be able to play and have black players has become important. But with this being the 60th win for the All Blacks, would just say that um, they are doing well, but because we can see that they won towards the end, we can also see that the competition is um, coming up. So that would mean that the Springboks are doing far more better in this particular field, which is a good sign for us as well. Um, so I think this was a very important match, and I think we will see more victories um, in the near future. Yes, and it was uh, originally scheduled to have uh, to, to to take place in Dundon in, in New Zealand, uh, but it ended up in Townsville in Australia. And, of course, there's a significance there with Dundon because it was the venue for the first clash between the two sides in 1921. Yes. Do you think they would have done maybe better if they were in New Zealand with that clout and energy of their predecessors? I don't know. Let's go um, spiritual a bit. I think most probably um, because of just the history that exists in that space. But I think also there is maybe some sort of familiar familiarity which would have allowed for there to be just that um, sort of spiritual realm of um, um, peaking and just playing to their best of their ability. Monet Stein uh, holding the honor of being the Springbok who scored the most individual points in a match. Uh, are we paying attention to him as well or are we just going it's a team effort? Um, I think it does become important to give people their um, particular um, colors, um, especially if they've done well in a match. Um, So I think it is important that we do highlight him and put him up there. But I also do think the team has um, made a great contribution. All right. From sports to politics now, uh, let's talk. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's also some type of sports, <laughs> politics. You know, it does become a game <laughs> to some level. Uh, talking yes. the DA, first of all, the second biggest political party in the country, they've launched uh, the political manifesto ahead of the elections. It's going to be electioneering season in heightened mode from now on, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is going to be. Um, I think there is 
um, quite a lot of things you can speak about, but I think a more conversation will happen once all three um, big parties have uh, put out their manifesto, so we're just waiting for the ANC. But we can already see all three parties are starting to um, get into election space. Firstly, the DA had their manifesto on the 25th of September. Um, first thing, it is important to speak about the fact that it was a virtual launch. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes very important just looking at the um, context of South Africa. That should tell you a lot about the type of people that they are particularly looking towards having. But if not, um, that should tell you about the restrictions that come to having access to their launch um, and being able to fully participate within their launch and engage in the sort of manifestos that they're trying to put out. So, um, how, yeah, so, so, so how sorry. realistic no? then is the, the, your agenda of wanting to capture some of municipalities from the ANC? And as you say, I mean, it's there's a lot of South Africans who don't have access to that technology. Like even the uh, manifesto being launched virtually as well had sort of excluded a lot of people. How realistic yeah. would it be then that they will take over some major municipalities from the ANC? Yeah, it, it, it does become a very difficult point for them to take over many municipalities. But I think it's very, very um, clear on their type of leadership that they've been able to accomplish, even in the Cape Town. Very exclusionary and very saturated within a specific uh, within specific spaces, rather, which is the direct reflection that we get from their launch being virtual. Regardless of the um, fact that we obviously are during a pandemic and there is specific um, regulation, it is important for the DA to sit down and plan thoroughly to see how they can um, sort of provide more access to people so that it can be um, and so that they can get more people. So it does become difficult for them to reach as many people as they should in order to secure as many municipalities as they would like to. Um, But I think it does also show some sort of um, comfort in the fact that they um, think and believe that they'll still be able to secure the, the municipalities that they have and that they are okay with just those municipalities. And they make a strong point in that municipalities are in a state of collapse and yes. the fact that ordinary citizens and civic organization and, and businesses are now stepping in to do the work of, of local yes. governments. I mean, that's obviously evident in audit outcomes uh, and reports that we've been hearing over the years. Yes, fully. Um, you can also just see with sort of the work that they've done and how the municipalities that they've run have actually um, had a, a minimal succession rate. So you'd see in Cape Town, where the Cape Flats, we hear stories every single week, but there is no sort of progress or action um, that is particularly taken in those particular instances. So it is very important that their launch is reflective of their work that they've done in the past years. And not just municipalities. I mean, we're hearing a lot now in the news of or seeing it, uh, a closure of a lot of our historical sites. And yes. do you think that's going to touch people as well and connect to this uh, citing of critical skills in terms of financial controls and corruption? Fully. I think um, our uh, historical sites are important 
particularly for the lived experiences of individuals, especially these individuals who are um, sort of don't have access or restricted or marginalized in these instances. So what then happens is um, there's questions raised on does does the DA really want to improve things or does the DA want to scrap everything and start from their particular plight? Because history is important in looking towards the future, it, it, these historical sites become very important. And if they are closing these historical sites, then there is a big problem. We'll move on to talk about the EFF, uh, the Economic Freedom Fighters, in just a bit. And uh, we need to take a short break. It's 20 minutes past four. Continuing with our trending topics with Guguletu Slali. Tune in for the glitz, the glamour, the stars, the shine, and an unforgettable night celebrating television royalty. Sangunani, good evening. And the winner is? The award goes to? Don't miss the 5th Royalty Soapy Awards brought to you only on SABC One, 2nd of October at 8pm. Celebrating our shine, SABC One, Zanzi for sure. We take you on a slightly different perspective in understanding conservation. If you thought cultural practices are outdated, Inveloji will lead you to a journey of discovery. Protecting our indigenous knowledge is key. The collaboration of mankind with nature. This is who we are. Inveloji, Mondays at 7 on SABC2. You belong. Trending news right now. With Gukule Tuslali, our social commentator, we're looking at the past 72 hours in terms of what's happened in social media. Good morning, fam, if you've just joined us here on SFM Sound Awake. Let's talk the EFF now, Gugu. Uh, also, they're launching, I mean, well, part of their party's manifesto is what we're zooming in. And they're saying, first of all, uh, the leader, Julius Malema, that this manifesto is not a book of promises, but it is a contract of commitments. What do you make of that? Um, so I think um, what the biggest thing that we can realize with political parties when um, during election season, um, they write off a lot of other political parties' mistakes, particularly the ANC, because they've been in leadership for so long. Um, so it does become difficult just to sort of grasp what they are set on as political parties because they are writing off the um, bad things that the party, the the leading party has um, sort of um, done in the past. Um, the problem with that is that we don't get originality or if really that's what you're going to be doing because it seems you're more focused on the issues that exist. The issues that exist are very important in understanding elections and who we want to make decisions around. But I think as the political parties, we need to be able to see where you stand as an individual and take things from there. So that is an important sort of um statement as we need a bit more action in South Africa rather than promises. But it rides a lot off of the ANC's um, mistakes, which does be, um, cause a bit of issues in that because we don't know what the EFF actually stands for, but we are certain that they stand off of the, uh, politi- the ANC's uh, political mistakes. One of those uh, mistakes are around the issue of land reform, and that's the EFF's call uh, that's been you know, echoing throughout their tenure. What do we make of uh, that in terms of them saying also that they've produced this manifesto through consultations with communities across the country? Yeah, um, I think they, it has been their biggest um, sort of mode of campaigning. 
um, in terms of just like ever since they've started. Um, but what we can particularly see is the 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 sort of not necessarily backlash, but the stagnancy of it. So there's issue on policy in terms of how do we get back the land? What do we do with the people that are uh, already existing on that particular land? And I think there's also just issues on regulation and constitution. So how do we actually set this to happen in society? Even within their consultation, we've seen there's just been a back and forth and hesitancy. The backlash does come from the um, minority groups which obviously would fight for it because they own most of the land, um, which would be an issue for them because they don't they no longer will have that monopoly. Um, however, even if we disregard that or even if we don't look at the minority's backlash, there is still a bit of backlash in policy and regulation. How will this come into effect um, and so forth? So I think in terms of um, getting back the land, the EFF needs to be a bit more clear in terms of how do they ter- uh, intend on doing this and to what purpose does it greatly serve? They go on a very nationalistic um, sort of um, rampant that they, this is what they would like to do is make sure that it's given back to the government. However, there is a bit of hesitancy because of what we've experienced of the government since um, we've um, regained our democratic our democratic sort of um, state. So there is a lot of issues that exist in that, um, but it is a very important sort of issue to ride on, especially in in South Africa, where land was taken in such a harsh way. So I think it is a great strategic point to run your campaign and manifesto because people are most likely to understand the depth of the land and see the benefits of getting it back. However, on a policy and constitutional perspective, it does become tricky to just sort of see this um, actually happening. And I mean, if they're saying that they had public consultations in terms of coming up with their manifesto, I think we can give it to them that they seem to have done that if they touch on, you yes. know, even issues of graves and saying that mm. the land won't just be for agricultural produce, but to also make townships uh, have more space in terms of where they're running out of burial space in terms of addressing that issue. Also, councillors saying that they'll be held accountable if they don't perform and they even touched on how jobs within the public service sector are allocated, and they want to touch on that. It would seem that they really did listen to what the people have to say, and they are trying or wanting to give them what they want. But then that's one thing, to have that in the manifesto, and then it's another to actually give the people what they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is very important, and I think we are in a point of vulnerability as South Africa, where it's so easy to listen to anything that is different to what is currently happening. So I think it is very important for manifestors to be very um, riding on the current issues that exist and Things like people um, want jobs. You'll see with their turnout, people are hungry, especially during this pandemic. Um, so it's just a point of um, maybe just, you know, taking a risk and moving towards that direction because we will never know if they will actually give us that because they've never had an opportunity to fully enact those um, sort of policies or um, actions that they would want to enact. In our day in history, we were commemorating the birth of Winnie Matigizela Mandela. The EFF has decided to uh, name their headquarters now after our late struggle uh, struggle icon. Uh, Winnie Matigizela Mandela's family saying they've welcomed this decision. What do you make of this? I think it's uh, very significant. Um, 
particularly if we look at the setting of the location of where this is happening, so Gandhi Square, we've seen a lot of backlash throughout the years just about what Gandhi stood for and sort of the minor aggressions that he uh, reiterated in his life. Um, so when we give a, an icon like Winima Tikizela Mandela to get back that space, it does become important. But I think it is also important just to realize who the ANC has given much credit to in the past from the icons that have existed. When an EFF can come and give such a big icon that hasn't been given enough credit, it does become or it plays a significant role in their manifesto. And to even have um, Winnie Matikizela Mandela's family to support this should tell you everything. Because when in, in Winnie's time, she was largely affiliated to the ANC. So what does this mean? Does this mean that people can um, people who were in the ANC because of Winnie Matikizela's policies and ideas and values can now shift to the EFF? There is a big um, sort of statement that is being made by the EFF. And again, they went on strategy like they've been winning with all their manifestos because this calls more people in, particularly black women who um, mm. sort of resonate and relate to Winnie Matikizela Mandela, then find space within the EFF where they would have felt that in, the ANC hasn't done justice in that particular uh, plight. And they actually want the whole entire Gandhi Square in Johannesburg CBT to be renamed after Winnie Matikizela yes. Mandela, uh, saying it shouldn't be named after Mahatma Gandhi. Yes. Um, so this is, like I said in the beginning, it is an important sort of point. Um, we see a lot of, um, like we see um, OR Tambo International Airport, we see the significance of these um big people being named after different places play a huge role in um, upliving or, uh, or reliving their sort of values in society. So a place like um, Gandhi Square, which is the heart of the CBD of Johannesburg and where a lot of people relate to where because they commute today every day oh. or work in those spaces, having that being named as uh, Winnie Matigizela Mandela would um, play sort of a huge role um, in history and for just um, what Winnie Matikizela Mandela did for the history of South Africa. Okay, let's leave it there then for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. A happy one. I'm hoping you're going to get into the new week with some vigor and direction Thank for your studies as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Thank coffee you drinking, so I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Oh, man, you're Thank inspiring you so much. us. I, I, love, I love how our team of social commentators are just so awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Afanda. I hope you also have a good week. Thank you, I will. Gugulete Slali, our social commentator, discussing trending topics here on SFM Sound Awake. Our time is half past four. Good morning. Here is...